This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Future Talk, the whole edition with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkas on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Pulse 95. It is me, Hany Balkas, with Omnial Saleh, bringing you Future Talk Home Edition, where we bring you the latest in tech. Gadgets and AI from the safety and comfort of our own homes to battle the spread of the novel coronavirus COVID-19. And it is Future Talk. And with Future Talk, we do bring you everything exciting in the world. But we're going to be talking about how UAE schools are planning for e-learning to continue all the way into 2021. The UAE is definitely trying to prepare for different scenarios of how to go about e-learning if COVID-19 continues, which it probably will until the end of the year. So what are these scenarios? We're going to be giving you all the details on that. But also right here in the UAE, about 1,400 Emirati women apply to be the UAE's next astronaut. All the applications have ended and we're going to be giving you the latest details about who will be joining Hazan Mansouri and Sultan Niyadi on their next mission. That is a big thing coming right out of the UAE. 1,400 Emirati women, that is not a small number, have applied to be the next re- astronaut. But for our Tech This South segment, we are going to be talking about how SoftBank-backed delivery startup, which is called Rappi, is testing out robots for contactless delivery. Now, that is very important as we are trying to reduce the human-to-human interaction So a robot with no contact delivering food or delivering anything in general is something big. Yes, indeed. And in our How Do You Tech segment, we're bringing you How Do You Tech from a different perspective. We're all right now struggling with quarantine. Some of us have been in self-isolation for over two months. One of them being, I think, Aisha Al-Mazmi, who's, who literally left her house for the first time three in months. a month. Yeah, no, but I think she left her house for, for the me, first... For me, three months. No way. <laughs> Yeah, ever months? since uh, ever since uh, we started working from home, Omnia, I have not stepped you ha- foot no, outside you of ha- my house except for going to the supermarket. Yeah, I was just going to say, you had your occasional kind of trips. <laughs> yeah, which I actually stopped doing around a month ago, could you believe it or not. Oh, God. So yeah, I just order online now. Competition between Aisha and Hani. Who can stay home the most? But oh, I can do it all day, <laughs> all, all year. <laughs> who's also surviving isolation are astronauts. And we're going to be getting tips from them on how they were able to spend 200 and some of them even over 300 days straight in spaceflight. How were they able to get over the claustrophobia that can happen from staying at home or staying in space for too long? We're going to be listening to what they have to say. But in our apps all around segment, since it is Ramadan and we're all trying to give back to our society, we have an application that will help you give back virtually. We're all trying to not use physical money as much as possible, trying to you know use Apple Pay uh, as much as we can so that we don't help spread COVID-19. So, so we have one application that will help you do just that. Yes, and all you have to do is share the meal, believe it or not. And uh, as Omnia said, with the holy month of Ramadan, it's very important to donate and do your charity work, even though we do have to stay home. But with technology and it being 2020, we can do a lot just by staying at home, even if it was donating or doing some charity. Lots to talk about today, but we're going to be taking a short break. But when we come back, we're going to dive into the digital world and give you all you need to know about what's happening in the UAE. Pulse 95. 
daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE and around the world. UAE schools are preparing to do e-learning up until 2021. And now this is going to be some very tough news on all the parents out there who are also working from home while trying to teach their children from home. But schools across the UAE are definitely worrying about continuing e-learning up until September and potentially even into the next year. Year. Now, head teachers have definitely they have definitely anticipated this coming. Uh at least a mix of both in-school classes and home learning in the first term of the 2020 and 2021 academic year. However, no official decision from the government has been announced yet. Talim and Gems Education, which are the country's two largest private school groups, have definitely started preparing for a blended model where students will be studying at home and in school at different times of the day. So this will help them at least kind of practice a little bit of their social skills while at the same time making sure that their health is not at risk. The Ministry of Education did say, however, that the end of e-learning and the reopening of schools was still under review. And it's all going to depend on all the efforts that are taking place to combat the coronavirus. Earlier this week, a senior official was talking to the audience that authorities were looking at three scenarios for how future schooling was going to take place. So the first scenario would be that e-learning would be completely done from home and it will basically be 100% of the lessons. So schools or students will not be going to schools at all whatsoever. Yes, Omni, and the other two scenarios were based, based on a gradual return to classes but neither did have pupils in school classrooms 100% of the time now under the best case scenario and with the COVID-19 outbreak under control pupils would do 70% of their study in school and 30% at home she also did anticipate about six months of this transitional stage before classes do return to normal the ministry did later stress that any decision the academic year 2020 to 2021 is still under review and will be taken based on the health situation and precautionary measures. Now, uh, we're all we're doing the best we can to kind of control COVID-19. But the fact of the matter is we do need things to get back to normal, to live our normal lives. And uh, we've seen countries like, for example, like Taiwan, Omnia, they actually have been going to school and living um, a, a very normal life, even with COVID-19. And that is because they stayed home and they abide the laws that the government was given to them. And they're going to school there even with 100% capacity, but they did take those precautionary measures. Now, since March, schools have actually used a combination of home assignments and live online classes with, with teachers to keep pupils up to date with their curriculum. Now, last week, the government did say all schools will be inspected this month to determine if e-learning was working and where their strengths and weaknesses lay. Now, many head teachers did say the exercise was a chance to step back and do evaluate the past months, but urged inspectors to understand the pressure that pupils, uh, parents, and teachers were under. Now, again, this isn't an easy thing to do. Now, you might be saying, for example, I, 
I'm not going to school, but I do feel that it is a little bit easy. But do looking at my 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 friends and family mm-hmm. and you, Omnia, working from home and and, and studying from home and going to school to class uh, from home is kind of a little bit under pressure because uh, I mean sometimes you do feel a little bit overwhelmed from all this um, from all this because uh, there's no time for this and time for that. You're yeah. having everything being done. And I feel like, especially in classes, I feel like with kids, especially, uh, they're gonna feel like they're competing for the teacher's mm. time. They're not; they don't have enough time to ask all their questions. Let's say specifically because the teacher can't necessarily see who's raising his or her hand. Exactly. Um, but senior pupils are actually uh, looking at. Uh, how the new school day would look. So their plan is to maybe shorten the school day and open in September with what would typically be the Ramadan timing. So classes will be shorter and the, the school day will end sooner. Uh, but this is all not confirmed yet. So they're going to wait and mm-hmm. see. By August, hopefully, they're going to have a clear position on where the UAE stands in terms of returning students back to schools. Yes. They're definitely looking at reducing class sizes and spreading out classes in gym halls if required. If they were going to reopen schools completely, gym classes are not going to be as crowded as they once were. Um, So we'll definitely keep you up to date with all that arises with e-learning. But in space, the UAE is doing great achievements too. Yes, Omnia, 1,400 Emirati women have applied to be the UAE's next astronaut and the new astronauts will actually be be revealed in january of 2021 now the uae has moved a step closer to enlisting its first female astronaut after 1400 women signed up for the chance to launch into space now a senior space official did hail the high quality of the entrance and said the uae would like to see a woman take up at least one of two coveted roles up for grabs in the latest recruitment program. Now, applications did have close, but with 4,305 Emiratis vying to follow in the footsteps of Major Hazza al-Mansouri, who was the first Emirati astronaut who flew into space on September 25 of 2019. And Sultan Nayadi, who was the mission's backup astronaut, the number of female entries is up to 250 from the last round of applications, which did happen in 2018. Increasing, you know, the female applicant number is definitely a great step forward in the UAE taking over uh, the space race. However, even though they are very excited to see women get selected, we would all hope that a woman would be the next astronaut joining Hazza al-Mansouri and Sultan al-Niyadi. This does not mean that they're not going to be looking at the best, brightest, and most suitable person for this job. Because a lot of people tend to think that traveling to space is all about glamour that it's relaxing people don't do much up there but in reality it is very taxing on the astronauts body so any person who is going to be traveling to space they need to make sure that they are fit physically and mentally to handle all the pressure Um, adding women in the astronaut role will help add diversity into the program of course in terms of gender and background however even if women astronauts were added to the list of those who will be traveling to space it is not guaranteed that the woman that was chosen will go on to the next UAE space flight the two new astronauts will join Major Hazza al-Mansouri and uh, Dr. Al-Niyadi in the country's growing space fleet but out of the four astronauts only the one whose profile matches the objective of the mission will be selected to go and that's another important point which is 
every mission that is being taken over the UAE in space depends on who is the fittest for it. So amongst Hazza al-Mansouri and Sultan al-Niyadi, Hazza al-Mansouri was the one chosen uh, for the last space trip. So we're going we're gonna to definitely keep you up to date with who gets chosen for the next uh, human space flight that is set to launch from the UAE. However, the nearest space flight that's going to be uh, launching from the US is going to be taking place on 27th of May. And it's going to be the first of its kind since the space shuttle program uh, disbanded back in 2011. So you better believe that we're going to be talking about it right here on Future Talk. But what else do we have coming up? Omnia, well, we do have our How Do You Tech segment. Now, we did talk about astronauts, so why not give you a little bit more about how hard it is to go up to space? We're going to be telling you guys how to survive isolation, but... Not us are going to be telling you, but an astronaut who did spend 215 straight days in space. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Check this out. Check this out. Pulse 95. Now, we're not the only ones living in isolation for the past couple of months because we're going to be talking about how astronauts survive isolation and how one astronaut did spend 215 days in space. Now, this comes at a time where actually around 1,400 Emirati women did apply to be an astronaut, one of the first female, not one of the first, the first female astronaut uh, in, from the UAE to go to space. And uh, we might have some tips and tricks how to spend quarantine the same way these astronauts spend space, spend time in space. Absolutely, because no one no one knows long-term isolation like astronauts do. You know, they're con confined in spaces for months on end. They orbit thousands of miles above their homes and their loved ones and anything that is actually familiar about human life. But for astronaut Michael Lopez, some elements of life during the coronavirus pandemic are not so different from life in space where he actually completed four NASA space flights. One of them was aboard the International Space Station and three others were aboard the Space Shuttle. He also holds the NASA record for the most spacewalks done. So he did actually 10 spacewalks, which is about 67 hours of time. And we're talking about 67 hours of time in isolation. So he, would, he wanted to actually uh, share a few tips on what it is like to social distance, not on Earth, but rather in space. He talked a lot about what it was like to feel a bit lonely in space, how he coped with it. But I think the most important part about it was his discussion about how he maintained uh, the mental health during his isolation. So what kind of mental preparations he went through to stay positive as time passed in space. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to give you guys a kind of a nice, uh, nice information, a quick fun fact that the longest person who spent uh, time in space was 438 consecutive days. Now, uh, that is that, that is that is a little a bit that's, like that's more year. than a year on the year. 100 percent wow. correct. Now, uh, they asked the question to the astronaut uh, if they ever felt lonely in space or far from their loved ones. And they did say that they had some ways of communicating, which did include email. And they actually did have a telephone where they could call pretty much anybody on Earth and most any time during the day. Now, they were consistent in constant communication because, as I always say, Omnia, 
communication is key, but they were in always constant communication with the mission control team in Houston, Texas. And they said, you don't really, re- you don't really feel like you're by yourself up there. Mm-hmm. In today's world, you can imagine people in Antarctica or people on nuclear submarines in the Navy are probably more isolated <laughs> than they were in space. Plus in space, the view is a lot better. And I do believe the view is a lot better looking at uh, the beautiful mother earth from all the way up there. Absolutely. Um, But looking at the mental preparations that he tried to get through so that he can stay positive as time passed in space, he said that, you know, it's very different when you're an astronaut or in a submarine. You have an end date for when you're going to return back to Earth. You know that on this day, you're going to be orbiting, you know, this galaxy. And then on this day, you're coming back to Earth. And this is what's different and harder about this particular pandemic that we're living in. We don't have a, you know, hard end date. And even Mm. when our current situation, uh, you know, or this phase that we're living in ends, life certainly won't go back to normal right away. So when you're preparing for something where you're going to endure some hardship, especially isolation and separation, you're going through a process where you become prepared for it. It happens emotionally. So this is exactly what makes all these anxiety feelings rise up about, you know, when is this all going to be over? However, as we wait for things to return somewhat back to normal, he did give us a few tips on how we can create boundaries between living our living space and our working space. Since nowadays, you know, we're working from home, we're studying from home, home is home. So what he yes. has, yeah, what he has done uh, is to basically create a place for every activity. So let's say he had a certain area dedicated where he would uh, eat, another area where he would exercise, another area where he would, let's say, play video games. All of those were done in the same space, but dedicated areas in his own uh, home. So. in space what he would do is let's say they would do hours of simulation prior to the launch and then after a while this became the new norm so if you're lucky enough to be able to work from home you're still working um it should not be that you're working in your pajamas or sitting on your bed with your laptop you should try to sit at a desk even if it's a lot smaller than your typical desk at work but you try your best to set those boundaries you try your best to replicate whatever environment you had in your old normal become the same in your new normal. Yes, Omni, and I kind of agree to not staying uh, like laying in bed or anything because uh, in the beginning, Omni, when I did have kind of a makeshift uh, desk uh, Mm. for the studio right here at home, uh, it was kind of hard to adapt. But as soon as I got an actual table and a chair and started working Mm -hmm. as if I was working at the studio, but working at the studio is totally different and it's much (laughs) more enjoyable and, uh, and, and fun. But uh, as soon as I got a desk and I started to kind of get a feel of uh, of, of work in a way. Yeah, and I got an arm for the microphone. And uh, ever since I started doing that, I did feel a little bit easier uh, working from home. But uh, but uh, I mean, you can never actually get that same feeling when True. you were at the studio. I don't know how this went from space to me being <laughs> in the studio. You guys can tell that I actually do miss working from the station itself. Absolutely. I mean, we do feel like we're running our own spaceship in the Pulse95 studios. But apart from astronaut Michael Lopez, we heard from astronaut Scott Kelly. He revealed a few lessons on what he learned spending nearly a year in space. And this is definitely going to help all of us cope a little bit better with the pandemic life. So let's see what he had to say. So I flew a six-month flight or nearly uh, six months before I flew for a year. 
And when I did that, uh, as I was getting towards the end, I was feeling, um, you know, a little bit of anxiety, like the walls were closing in. I was ready for it to be done. And then when I got home, I had the opportunity to fly in space again, but this time for twice as long. Initially, it didn't appeal to me, but, you know, I thought about it some more. I wanted to fly in space again. I wanted it to be different. I wanted it to be more challenging. And I, you know, came to the conclusion that this was the flight for me. But I did do went into it with, uh, you know, a lot of thought and consideration for how I could get to the end with as much energy and enthusiasm as I had in the beginning. And uh, so I came up with a plan. And part of my plan was maintaining a very, very rigid schedule. Easy to do when you're working for NASA and they build your schedule. But, you know, taking that very seriously, a, a schedule that has a variety of activities on it during the week, um, you know, from work to taking care of your environment, making sure it's clean. We have to do that now. Um, in this situation, I kind of treat the front door of my house kind of like an airlock right now where, you know, the bad stuff stays outside. The good stuff comes inside. And those two will not cross. Um, so doing, uh, you know, having this schedule that has time for rest, time for work, consistent sleep times, exercise. Uh, in this case, in this situation, at least we can go outside and get some light and some, uh, you know, fresh air, which is important. I couldn't do that in space. But the schedule was important. Having a weekend that's different from the weekends was critical because it gave something for, to, for me to look forward to um, at the end of the week. I tried uh, not to count the days I was there. I definitely didn't count down. And I think it's important we do that in this situation because this situation is, uh, you know, some people think this is over. This is not over. Um, we will be living in this uh new reality in some form or the other for quite some time. Uh, so I look at this like this is my life. This is what I have to do because it's my job, uh, which is following the, the guidance and the direction uh, that we get. Uh, it will be over someday. Not sure when it is, but I am not going to count the days. I, I could not tell you how many weeks I've been doing this. I can't even tell you what month I started this, I don't think, because it's not the way I look at it. It's not the way I want to look at it. Great words from uh, former astronaut Scott Kelly, who did go into his nearly year-long stay on the International Space Station. But with that plan that helped him get through his mission, he did say what he learned from flying in space four times is the fear sometimes allows you to focus. But if you dwell on it, it will prevent you from making the right decision and doing the right things. So he says that he would tamp down the fear by focusing on the things he could control, which he says applies to the current situation as well. Great words that we should take to heart, Omnia. But mm -hmm. what's coming up in the Tech This Out segment? What's coming up is fighting our fears from robots because there is a new robot that is being tested out for contactless delivery. And in the world and day and age that we're living in, being contactless is all we need to help stop the spread of COVID-19. So keep Pulse95 locked and we'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Tech this out. Tech this out. Pulse 95. 
Getting your order from a robot seemed like a very foreign concept a few years ago, but now it is becoming the new normal because there is a delivery startup that is testing out robots for contactless delivery. This is all happening in Colombia, but these deliveries are made using a delivery robot from a Colombian-owned company in California called KiwiBot. And this is just another step to turn to robots so that we can reduce our reliance on human workers during the coronavirus pandemic. So in addition to Colombia, Rappi, that company that is actually working on these delivery robots, is operating in Mexico, Peru, Chile, Argentina, and Brazil. So last spring, they actually invested about $1 billion in this startup so that they can help all these robots fight COVID-19. Yes, Omnia, and uh, the, the the robot's name or the delivery app is called Rapi, and I don't know if you know this, but Spanish uh, fast or quick is Rapido. So probably Ooh. Rapi is kind of like a, a kind of like a, a cool fast. name or cool yeah. world uh, cool word play to for fast. Now, uh, now Colombia is currently actually under a lockdown, which was set to end in May, though it may be extended again. Earlier this month, uh, Bloomberg did report on the lack of coronavirus testing throughout Latin America, which did make it difficult to assess how widespread the virus is in the region. But like in other countries, the Colombian delivery app is using robots to complete orders at a time when people are at a risk of catching the coronavirus from interacting with others. So far, the robots are part of a pilot in Medellin, which is the capital of Colombia, with potential to expand now this is very important omnia because we've always talked about that we always need to reduce the the human to human interaction so with rapi the robot he's going to give us rapido delivery times <laughs> and uh, we will get not we they will get uh, their deliveries on time and quick and it's a little nice cute box it looks like a garbage <laughs> ban bin i don't garbage know why bin? Or, yeah Come it does on. It or it's a toaster a- it looks like a toaster toaster on wheels i but, agree uh, it's- it does look like a toaster and you know the delivery simplicity man is key omnia simplicity is key <laughs> the delivery man will basically put all of let's say your food deliver your food order or your package inside this toaster looking robot and send it off to your home. Um, this is definitely going to become the new norm if COVID-19 extends its stay in our in our life. But deliveries in the pilot program that are using Kiwi robots are all happening in Colombia. So this four-wheel delivery robot, uh, who actually, I have to add, that they have orange flags on them. And this is all to make sure that wa- walkers, drivers, and bikers can see these robots passing by and basically not have them killed in just a few hours Um, but any customer that is stuck at home because of the coronavirus can basically order and pay for all these meals or packages digitally and then the last mile delivery from the delivery man to the house of the person who ordered will be completed by this robot i know what many of you are thinking how sanitary can these robots be well all these robots that are carrying the deliveries will be disinfected between every order. So you can make sure that you are safe and sound from contracting the COVID-19 virus. Now, the sensor system that is built in the robot can react to lights and different obstacles. So if the robot happens to come across a certain set of stairs, it will realize that there are stairs ahead and it will not, you know, drop the order 
by mistake. Now, these Kiwi bots are also equipped with corner recognition, which means that they can actually uh, create safe pathways on sidewalks. So they're not going to hit a corner by mistake. And they also have the ability uh, to mesh into the fabric of urban landscapes. So they have a technology like the street crossing mode. So they will actually acknowledge whenever they're about to you know, cross the street and they will not, you know, come into contact with any cars that are yeah. uh, on the road as well. Now, so- I think, yeah, sorry. I think, I think Omnia, the, the, the most uh, thing that kind of uh, crosses my mind is security. Does mm-hmm. someone just come up and just t- steal the, the package or the, 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 the robot itself? I think uh, there would be a code, like, I'm not sure about KiwiBot, but I know it's... Stealing the whole thing in general. Oh, that's another thing. Yeah. Now, stealing the whole thing, I'm not sure. But I know with FedEx, uh, they would typically send the customer a code, a four-pin number that they would have to enter on the robot itself for them to be able to access their package, which was another plus because you know how we've heard a lot about Amazon packages being stole, stolen whenever they were placed on uh, the porches of different customer houses. So... I'm worried about, I'm definitely worried about the whole robot become, <laughs> being yeah. stuck. But the packages, I think, will be a lot safer. Hopefully, Omnia. But it's always good to see uh, the world in general kind of combating COVID-19. Again, this isn't a fight for just us, the UAE, or a couple of countries. Mm-hmm. It is the whole world battling COVID-19. And to see these advancements in technology and how a lot of countries are adapting to technology is great to see. Now, we always had, we've always had technology in our arsenal but we've never actually used it to this extent and seeing these delivery robots or these sanitizing robots and a lot of robots that have been doing a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in the tech world in the medical world and, and delivery world is great to see and it's great to see how we're adapting to these changes absolutely and Apart from using robots to fight COVID-19, we can fight this virus with kindness. And this is exactly why we're going to be telling you about one application that will help you share the meal with maybe someone who can't afford uh, to buy his own meal, especially in the day and age that we are currently living in. So make sure you stay tuned right here on Future Talk, only on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Pulse95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? What's worth a click and download? Well, this is worth many clicks and downloads. Now, during the holy month of Ramadan, Muslims do fast from sunrise to sunset for 30 days, and we do break our fast with a meal. But what if I told you that you could share the meal with this app, which is apparently called or ironically called (laughs) Share the Meal. Now, this is a fundraising and donation app that lets you kind of pitch in and give charity to people who are less fortunate than you and I. Now, Share the Meal is the charity app from the United Nations World Food Program that does allow you to feed a hungry child with a tap on your phone. Now, hunger hunger does kill more people than HIV, malaria, and tuberculosis combined. But the good news is that hunger is entirely solvable. Now, smartphones are outnumbered by hungry children 20 to 1. Now, with your help, together, we can be the generation that reaches a world without hunger. 
Absolutely. And now this application is very easy to use. All you need to do is go ahead and download it from your Apple Store or from uh, the Android Play Store. But what's very interesting about it is that not only can you share a meal with a hungry child wherever they are around the world and whenever you want, but you can also see exactly where your donation goes and who you are helping. And that's definitely a very interesting feature about it because when you would typically, let's say, donate uh, at the Red Crescent, right here in the UAE you're giving out the money but you don't necessarily know who is it reaching and in what country is this person receiving it from with this application you can know exactly who you are helping it can even show you uh, the name of the person that you are uh, helping out with and it will also show you that your meals are on the way this is definitely giving it a very um, it gives it a very nice touch because one message, let's say, that I received when I shared the meal was Maryam loves going to school but can only attend classes where, when there is enough food. On those days, she can actually brave the very long walk to school. It also gave me details about Maryama that she lost both of her parents due to the ongoing conflict and that her older brother now takes care of the whole family. So this is just a very uh, nice touch to know exactly makes you realize how fortunate you are for the life you live and how can you help and save other children around the world. Another nice feature about this application is that it can allow you to create a team. So you can go ahead and fight hunger together with your friends. Uh, as you mentioned, Hani, hunger is definitely killing a lot more people than many of the different diseases that we fear and that we you know, get vaccines against. So it doesn't take much to help a family out there. And this is not the only application that is doing it. I've seen Talabat also uh, have the initiative of Ramadan Heroes this month where you can go ahead and also uh, send out a meal uh, to someone in need. It could be, you know, t ranging from 10 dirhams to 20 dirhams to any uh, amount. That yeah, even you, one dirham. Yeah, any amount that you're willing to give. And especially in uh, the Islamic religion, we've always known that it is the best thing that we could do is to give. Even if it's, you know, one date that we're giving away as long as mm. we're helping someone in need we're definitely gonna you know see the 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 fruits of that help in one way or another exactly omnia and uh, the app is called share the app uh, share the app share the meal <laughs> is a great app and a great initiative to help those who are in need as this is the holy month of Ramadan. The holy month of Ramadan is the holy month of giving. We do have to give back to the community, to the people who are who are less fortunate than you and I. But speaking about applications, we are doing an Instagram competition. Now, if you've been like me and been doing your beard or doing your hair <laughs> at home and messing it up, well, uh, we do have a competition where you can get paid for messing up or even actually doing a great job to your hair, uh, whether it's a beard uh, or your actual hair or whatever it is, shaving, waxing, whatever you can do that does include uh, self-grooming, we do have the competition for you, which, was, which will be on our Instagram. Yes, indeed. So the Pulse95 team is looking for the best video of your best or worst home haircuts. All you have to do is record yourself or your poor unfortunate family member or roommate getting their own little salon experience at home. Get it on video and share it with us for a chance to win 1500 dirhams. But you need to make sure that you tag us at Pulse95 Radio so that we can go ahead and check out your posts. 
Another tip for you all is to make sure that your account is public. Um, you need to be following at Pulse95Radio on Instagram. And you can submit more than one video if you want to increase your chance at winning. Um, the final voting will take place on Thursday, the 14th of May, and it will continue uh, to be uh, ongoing by the public up until Saturday midnight, which is going to be the 16th of May. But be sure to look out for us in your DMs. We're going to be sliding into the DMs of the winners. Um, but it's a great chance, you know, you get to mess up your beard. <laughs> And you get, get you get you get to make mistakes and get paid for it, Omnia. Basically, um, Hani, you've definitely had some very. I've had so much experience. fun messing with my beard these past two months. I've uh, I've actually shaved my whole my whole beard off and kept the mustache and then regrew it out and then. We had Italian uh, Hani for a while. And <laughs> we had Italian Hani for a Mexican Hani. I like to call it Mexican oh, Hani yeah, for a Mexican. while. And then, yeah, and then I redid my beard again and messed it up. I kind of. Uh, I lined it up a little bit too high, and it looks like I have a mini beard right now. It's horrible. Thank God I'm not working on TV. I'm working on radio, and you guys just have to hear my voice and not see me. Uh, it's, we're definitely going to get a lot of laughs from watching your videos, so make sure you participate in this competition, and you never know. You could just be the lucky winner. Future Talk is coming to an end, but we will be returning same time tomorrow from 2 to 3 p.m. Until then, we're going to be opening the airwaves for the Dream Team. Aisha Mazmi and Mikhail Atiyah will give you the latest updates on what is happening in the entertainment industry. I hope you all have a wonderful iftar with your family and your loved ones, whether you're doing it physically or virtually. And Hani and I will catch you tomorrow. Yes, indeed. Same time, same place, only here on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.